you can enjoy your craft beers and fancy ass wine with Civil Bro. I'll be over here chugging Four Loco with Suicide Squad. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 423 with a review of Suicide Squad. I'm Christopher Schnazy. I'm Carson Patrick. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, we are pulling the team of misfits together, and we are taking on some sort of big bad, and we are bringing you a review of a film that seems to be hated by the entire internet as a whole. Um, but maybe not the entire internet, because there might be some people in this podcast that like it. But I guess we'll find out soon. How are you guys doing? <laughs> I was taking a, <laughs> a drink of water, so... I, I was sure Carson was going to jump in first. Um, let's uh, hope this podcast is edited better than some movies. Um, hey I'm doing good. Good tonight. Feeling good. Back back home after a week in uh, New York City. Not relevant. Not interesting to anybody. Don't know why I mentioned it. <laughs> that's where they make the shitty salsa, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> this stuff's made in New York City. <laughs> what? <laughs> the f***? <laughs> Dude, isn't that the Facebook office? <laughs> There's like a bunch of cowboys sitting around a fire. Floyd, more paste picante sauce? There you go. Floyd, this ain't paste. Well, so what? Paste is made in San Antonio. By folks who know what picante sauce should taste like. Hey, this stuff's made in New York City. New, New York, York City? Pick up the original. Pick up the paste. Maybe we were a bit too hard on Floyd. Nah. I I would Is that your number one New York City reference? <laughs> You're like Mr. Peanut Butter on Bojack Horseman. You're like New York City! They have great salsa. At first I thought that's what you were referring to, not the actual pace commercial. You you, you could have gone for Ghostbusters, you could have gone for all sorts of stuff, but nope. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that where Stick Stickly lived? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think he's really been huffing pain. <laughs> no, I, I haven't, man. I'm just hanging out with the Joker too long. Uh, um, swimming <laughs> in those vats of bleach or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, clear, clearly I'm doing fine this evening. What about you, oh, Carson, yes. besides drinking water? Uh, well, I already told you. Uh, I, I guess it's a mix of what I ate and possible <laughs> excitedness. I don't know, but... Uh, my stomach is uh, committing suicide right now, so, yeah, <laughs> shit. Uh, well, hopefully uh, hopefully you can keep that under control and you can make it to this episode. I if, hope so. Uh, if at some point you just, you know, bounce out, then we'll know what happened. Try no. not to release El Diablo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I might have to. <laughs> All right, well, you know, so, so that way we don't keep Carson waiting through too much time. Uh, should we just jump into the episode, guys? Sure. Uh, we're going to take a listen to the trailer for Suicide Squad, and we're going to come back and give you a review. Gentlemen, ladies, what if Superman had decided to fly down 
rip off the roof of the White House, grab the president right out of the Oval Office. Who would have stopped him? I want to build a team of some very bad people who I think can do some good. Y'all jokers must be crazy. the deal. You disobey me, you die. Try to escape, you die. You got a boyfriend? You irritate or vex me. I'm known to be quite vexing. I'm just forewarning you. You die. You don't own me. If they get caught, we throw them under the bus. What a ride! Let's play! Come on, got some better to This guy. Uh, uh. Not good. Don't forget, we're the bad guys. Are you sweet talking me? All of that chit chat's gonna get you hurt. I was just trying to get you there. You know how it feels, right? We good. What you having? Beer. Whiskey. What am I, 12? How about you, hot stuff? Water. That's a good idea, honey. All right, so that was this trailer for Suicide Squad. Basically, um, somebody realized that Superman, you know, might be a pretty bad person to deal with if they decided to turn into a bad guy. So the only way to really combat metahumans is to combine a group of metahumans. Um, so some government agents decides to combine a metahuman <laughs> with a bunch of non-metahumans uh, in this group of people who are all in jail, and uh, they create this X-Force something or other and send them off to combat some other giant metahuman thing that's attacking the city. And, <laughs> yeah, Carson, what did you think of this film? Uh, hold on just a second. <laughs> <clears throat> I just... <clears throat> sorry. I just realized how stupid this first sentence I wrote down is... <clears throat> But we're going to go with it. So uh, I've titled this one, To a Place Where Blind Men See, The Suicide Squad Story. <laughs> um, Starting off strong with a Creed reference. Yes, like thank it. you. Um, come, my lady. Come, come, my lady. Gather round, sugar baby. As we take a trip down memory lane to a crazy town uh, and now mostly repressed time in our lives known as the early 2000s. A time where every horror movie was a Dark Castle Entertainment production. Vin Diesel was a burgeoning action star. Blockbusters were so earnest and radical, and the soundtrack to life was supplied with the latest and greatest butt rock. 
But <laughs> with the rise of hipsterdom and the increasingly serious tudes, this time period is frowned upon, swept under the rug and buried deep like some bastard stepchild. God forbid if you listen to Nookie unironically in the year 2016. Which brings us to Suicide Squad, the latest DC Comics movie that further establishes the DCEU. It's like a shot of 2002 adrenaline right to the privates. Vince Mancini <laughs> on Film Drunk aptly described it as Batman Returns meets Papa Roach. It's delightful. <laughs> <clears throat> it's delightfully unserious and gleefully trashy. It's like a flock of induced funhouse wrapped up in a Halloween carnival supervised by Harmony Corinne and Rob Zombie. It's the stuff of basic bro nightmares. David Ayer directs with panache, energy, and wild abandon. This looks and feels like a real movie with grit and texture. Filled to the brim with sleazy, scuzzy, seedy characters and locales, soaked in neon and slathered in an extra layer of grime. I wasn't a big fan of Ayer's previous films, but I've appreciated his style. Other than brief glimpses in the supremely entertaining Street Kings, there hasn't been a union tailor-made for Ayer's cholo hot topic vibe until now, and it's a blissful marriage indeed. The look and design of the costumes is worth the price of, of admission alone. I especially liked uh, all the costumes for Joker's henchmen. There was like a guy dressed as a panda, a giant <laughs> eyeball, and a goat to name a few. It was as if a Satanist and a pedophile had a really cute child who graduated from the Slipknot version of FIDM. <laughs> Thankfully, Suicide Squad doesn't waste any time with a plot. The beginning is basically an elongated montage where we meet all our heroes... It or we meet our heroes in all of their villainous, trashy glory. Uh, arbitrary and hilarious stats explode onto the screen introducing the characters, each with a flashback and score to their own pump-up jam. The movie pauses occasionally for, for Viola Davis to act badass and yell at government officials, but then it's back to the gang suiting up for battle while Eminem's Without Me blasts through the screen. The thing... Uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry... This thing uh, is well cast from top to bottom. Will Smith turns up his trademark charm and charisma. Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn. And Jared Leto is the perfect successor for the Joker. Uh, the biggest surprise for me was uh, Jai Courtney, who's been unfairly saddled with some lame franchise movies, but is given the chance to really shine as Captain Boomerang. <laughs> uh, a grizzled Aussie <laughs> who carries around a stuffed pink unicorn and guzzles beers mid-fight. He also throws a boomerang, but his main power is just being a lovable doofus. Uh, also, Mr. Echo plays a f***ing crocodile. I mean, this movie has everything. But wait! There's also Cara Delevingne as an archaeologist who gets possessed by a witch. And her and her witch brother, who look like distant cousins of Oscar Ivanews and X-Men Apocalypse, try to take over the world. And it all culminates in a showdown that's every bit as madcap and hallucinatory as the final battle of Batman vs. Superman. Now, just to clarify, my statement of this feeling like a movie from 2002 with new metal vibes is sincere and very much complimentary. I think we need more big budget movies like this <clears throat> uh, more than ever in these dark times where everyone seems to be enmeshed in an elaborate chess game of how to outcool each other. Uh, if Spring Breakers, if the Spring Breakers of superhero movies isn't your bag, I get that. It's not going to be for a lot of people. Uh, but it does bring me a certain joy imagining all these basic bros trying to wrap their heads around this one. 
it was funny because Sarah and I encountered a group of them as we were walking back to our car after the movie. Uh, and they were like just so hung up on the fact that like there was like so much music in the movie. They're just like, oh, like Harley Quinn like comes out and like the and then the song and then they put the da, 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 da. and then it was like, oh, <laughs> shut up and go back home and watch Stranger Things. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> but it's all good. Uh, you can enjoy your craft beers and fancy ass wine with Civil Bro. I'll be over here chugging Four Loco with Suicide Squad. Uh, <laughs> Opening quote to this episode. Yes. So, uh, now, briefly off uh, unscripted, but uh, I, I do think that uh, a, a big positive of this movie is I, I really appreciated the fact that, you know, this is a group of supervillains and they stay villainous throughout the whole movie. At the end, they're still just as crazy and uh, psychopathic as they were in the beginning. They don't try to uh, do anything to make you uh, even like the characters, but mostly, you know, they don't go through any kind of transformation. And at the end, you know, they have a realization or something phony. And, and then, you know, they're back to be, they're back to, or, or they're good again, you know, or something like that. So uh, Can I we just it, become best friends. I think uh, I think it was a pretty ballsy move, really, for for Warner Brothers to put this out. Like, uh, you know, regardless of, you know, you know how much how much studio appearance there was or wasn't in this movie. Um, but I just think that uh, I think that this is definitely a movie that uh, is 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 unique and. Um, I I appreciated it and its style and and for for being you know something uh, that's out of the box and not and not uh, this you know typical bland core off the assembly line type of movie that we usually get with uh, the superhero genre. So there we go. All right, uh, Stephen, do you share Carson's sentiments? Uh, so first, I do want to say I drank craft beer and watched this. <laughs> so Uh-oh. I am, I, I am exactly what uh, what Carson is criticizing. They didn't offer four loco at uh, Alamo. <laughs> oh. Otherwise, maybe I would have partaken. <laughs> um, Too bad. B- but yeah, so so I should tie this in with um, I caught up with Batman vs Superman finally on the plane yesterday afternoon. Uh, so I had like three hours between watching that movie. And touching down, heading to the movie theater and watching Suicide Squad. And uh, Batman vs. Superman was one of those movies that had, like, basically got universally trashed by critics when it came out. um, To the point where I was just like, look, what's the point? I didn't even like Man of Steel. Why would I waste my time watching, uh, watching this one? And, like, for all of its flaws, like, that movie was a little too dour. There's kind of a weird tonal clash where it doesn't take itself seriously but then it wants to feel like a movie that takes itself seriously uh but all in all i actually kind of enjoyed that one like like i at least liked that it was different from everything else um so that made me go into suicide squad a little more optimistic than i would have thought like a couple days ago where i was gonna skip it altogether and honestly i i didn't think suicide squad was great but I actually thought it was pretty okay. <laughs> um, like, I think I would rather watch this movie than a lot of other superhero movies. Um, 
So, like, I'll I'll skip through the obvious things. The plot is nonsense. Uh, there's no story arc at all. Like, the characters don't go through any kind of journey that matters. Uh, lots of moments are hit and miss. I, you definitely felt that they edited this movie at the last minute, or they threw a lot of things in and out in a way that kind of made the uh, made the beats not make sense because they wanted it to feel more like the trailer. Like, I I, I don't really know there. I took that for granted going into this movie that I was not going to be watching a serious, cohesive storyline. Um, and like some of the characters, I mean, <laughs> I don't know, Carson, what you're smoking with Boomerang. I thought he was such a worthless character. Yeah, he's a piece <laughs> of shit character. And like Katana. And he was fun. <laughs> I mean, I guess it was just the, the funness came from the fact that Jai Courtney has been so bad or at least he's been given such bad material in these other movies he's been in. And at least he was seemingly having fun with this. Like there was a lot of, I mean, come on, dude, you didn't, you didn't have fun when he's got a stupid, like Samsung galaxy drone phone, like with this boomerang. Like that was just, it was just stupid. It was fun. (laughs) I mean, even without him, like Katana, I think is a completely worthless character and, Slipknot, whatever. I, I want to know like where the <laughs> like movie would have been. <laughs> like, did they have twenty minutes they cut out that would have made us give a shit about Slipknot? <laughs> I, I don't know. I think we have to um, go back to the two thousands to care about Slipknot. Even then, I didn't care about Jesus Slipknot. Christ. But you're right. It, it is a uh, multiple dark clown princes that this movie feels like. Um, but yeah, and like I said, the editing is all over the place. Like the. I, I liked the first 20 or 30 minutes of the movie quite a bit, but even there, the editing is kind of all over. Like it, it'll show character backstories, but then it won't show all of them. And other ones will just be revealed later out of nowhere. <laughs> and like then oh, it'll he, keep he, showing one character's backstory repeatedly. Yeah. They, uh, they think I care about Rick Flagg because like, of just saying he's Rick Flagg is going to convince me that he's a meaningful character. Like, you know, problematic. And the, the final complaint is, I don't know if it was only my theater, but everything felt like a little too backlit to me. Like when, when you watch TV, when it's doing that uh, upsampling between frames and everything feels kind of like a, like a TV movie. I, I had like a weird feeling watching this sometimes of like, maybe I'm just so used to the dark and gritty superhero movie that this felt like a little bit off toward the beginning at least. Um, but with all that said, like, I think what I like about this is it it captures what I actually remember enjoying about comic books. And that wasn't to take uh, Vince Mancini's <laughs> references on Slash Film, people sitting around in the UN talking about the use of superhero might and unchecked vigilante aggression, <laughs> right? Uh, I, did, I didn't love grand analogies to society and the world. I loved the bad guys, like... I loved the goofy, crazy, animalistic type of villains who would just act in very hammy but evil ways with no redemptive arc. I liked uh, the Batman animated series or Batman Beyond and this universe where like Penguin and the Joker and uh, uh, I, I did like Scarecrow and just all all of these ridiculous characters come and go and every character would have their own unique vibe and a very different sense of tone, very different color palette. And they wouldn't have a big menacing arc. They would just be these kind of 
crazy monster type creatures that come and go when plot requires them to. And I think maybe more than any other superhero movie, this captured that <laughs> for me. Like you through all the, the editing flaws and weird story beats, this movie has just a splash of color and intensity and varied tone. And like people have been making fun of Jared Leto's Joker, but I really liked it actually. Like I wish there were more of him in this movie. I think he takes Joker in his own direction. Like he doesn't go for the pure kind of romantic hamminess of uh, Jack Nicholson and he doesn't go for the dark Heath Ledger. He instead does something that felt very true to me to the older Batmans that I used to enjoy, which is just this insane, unpredictable character who can show up in one panel and be gone six panels later. Like he flies in and some guns fire and then he crashes and then you're going to see him later in the movie. Like I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that feeling. I think uh, most of the cast is pretty game here. I like Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. I, I think a lot of the stuff about her quote, problematic character is also a little bit too played up like if you're going to complain about a sexualized margot robbie i think like you can't also love the big short and wolf of wall street like you have (laughs) you have to either admit that you can have kind of self-referential absurd sexualization of people or you have to not be cool with it i mean i i mean i don't i'm don't even really want to touch it that much but i don't think it's just her sexualization i think it's like the complete lack of agency that she has in anything at all and the weird up relationship she has with the joker yeah but i thought that the the weird relationship with the joker like i i i i will not uh denounce anyone who tries to take like a critical look at this movie and talk about what that means about abuse or about female characters I thought they they completely nailed the comic book villain aesthetic where these villains are really shitty to women and really shitty to each other. Yeah. And they are they're evil for evil's sake and they're cruel and twisted. And everything in the Joker everything in the Joker's orbit is twisted and I I don't see why his relationship with the clown woman should be any different. <laughs> you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to like stoke the fire. I was just saying, I don't think it's purely her sexualization because right, right. I'm pretty sure anybody walking into this movie, knowing she was cast as this role, understood there would be a sexualization of her. Like I, yeah. I don't, I think that's not part of the equation. Right. That That's fair enough. I guess I, I, I feel like maybe if I'd walked into this movie too, expecting that she would be a hero with agency who I root for, then I would be disappointed. But that is not what the name Harley Quinn connotes to me. Yeah, um, but, but I mean, they, they do talk about her as though she's crazier than the Joker. Like there's literally lines of dialogue yeah. where somebody's like, she's crazier than the Joker. <laughs> and and she she doesn't have the chance to really be crazier than Joker. Right? Right. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll grant you that. Um, I mean, I mean, the rest of the cast, like I thought, Will Smith does a good job as Deadshot. I I feel like the moments when the movie most falters is when it tries to humanize the bad guys. So anything with him and his daughter, I thought was just completely useless. Um, <laughs> but but other than that, I like him. I like his charisma, and I think he and Margot Robbie play well off each other, as Focus already showed us. Um, I like Amanda Waller. Uh, I thought Enchantress was a laughably bad character. <laughs> um, 
but then again, I feel like superhero movies in general don't know how to how to have the big bad. Like the third act is a mess in almost every superhero film I can think of. And this one definitely, I think, is on the worse end of that. Like it's just a giant CGI kind of faceless mesh of fighting by the end. But by then I was already sold on the movie. Like I came here to watch an ensemble of characters be goofy and outrageous. And I thought for the most part, this movie delivered on that. So like not, not a phenomenal movie, not one that's going to be making any list for me. But if I had the choice to rewatch this or rewatch the Captain America sequels, I'd probably rewatch this one because at least it doesn't feel exactly like every single Marvel movie does. Cha-ching. Well, let's see what Jeff Canada has to say. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, clearly this movie is not a Chris movie. This this is nowhere near schnazy territory for anything, really. I mean, I think this movie is a goddamn travesty. Um, well, I haven't I, heard that opinion yet. <laughs> no, man, like, I, and really, to, to go into it, I would need to go into spoilers because... I'm somebody who cares about the story and most of my complaints are like like from from the base level what this film is trying to do from from the trailer and from the characters lines of dialogue uh themselves like the characters are literally saying this so it's not just me like applying significance to it like this is continuing the story of batman v superman where the world is fearful of superman even though spoilers for batman v superman superman's not around anymore um so the 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 premise is that like hey these metahumans are dangerous we need we if if the president if you know superman flew down and ripped the house off <laughs> ripped the roof off the white house and, <laughs> i guess that's the amanda, the impression. amanda waller impression <laughs> nailed it <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, the well, whole, did she whole have pa- did she have pace in her mouth? Like, what was that? <laughs> no, it was the dude who says that in the trailer. Yeah, it's the guy that stands the guy next guy to him. Oh, the guy. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so, well, so was the he guy's basically making the point that like, if Superman came to the White House and just like shit up, nobody could stop him. So the idea is we have to get a group of metahumans to be on our side. Basically, we have to form a group of people to avenge like all these things and try to make this force that can help us if if something was needed right the, the problem is the the team they they put together is the shittiest team on the planet like even the people who have really good skills those are just skills like deadshot versus superman like we, we were joking before we went and saw batman v superman like how could batman ever fight superman this doesn't make any sense um and one of my biggest questions going into batman v superman was like how are they going to sell me on the fact that they could stand toe to toe um, Deadshot definitely couldn't do shit against Superman. <laughs> it's a real movie. <laughs> Batman <laughs> fighting Superman. It's so real. No, no. In the film universe, it's real. Like, like you have to. I know, but they. I don't know if you know these, but these superheroes don't exist in real life. So I can get yeah, behind yeah, Batman we, we, fighting we Superman. We literally see a scene of what would happen if Deadshot f- fought Batman, and Batman could barely fight Superman. So, like, the, the, my my point is just that like the whole premise is that oh my god, how would we take down another Superman? And the answer is to get a team of people, most of which have zero powers at all. And have them fight a being who could kill them pretty quickly. So that 
from the basic premise is already stupid. Now you have this team formed, but they're not being formed for a specific mission. Like the mission comes about accidentally over the course of something that's already happening. But the thing that was previously happening, they were going to solve it with a single character, right? That was their their idea was one character can solve this problem, but that goes awry. They didn't need the whole team. But like, so they're forming a mission for a non-mission. Like they, they don't have a reason to use this force yet, but they're building them and they happen to find this reason in the course of the same night that they're pulling all these characters together. And then the first mission they actually go on after the big bad appears is not actually to attack the big bad. It's to do this other mission to rescue somebody who's not actually in danger because they're several blocks away from the event that's actually taking place. Like it's just a series of these moments where they can have these characters do these things that are their non-powers, but there's no real sense that that, like there, there is no moment for like, there's no, uh, um, you know, Avengers 2.5 moment where each of the characters gets a moment to do their power thing and show themselves off. It's really just Deadshot shooting a bunch of things while people go like, oh shit, he can really shoot stuff. And then Margot Robbie hits things with the baseball bat. Jai Courtney, you know, does his little boomerang drone thing that you were talking about. And like, no care, like this isn't a cohesive, this isn't a story about a band of misfits who comes together and learns how to work as a unit to accomplish a goal that makes them all stronger by the end of it. It's a bunch of people who sort of just do their own thing in the vicinity of each other, and that's it. This movie made me think, like, this movie made me long for something like The Losers, which wasn't even that great in and of itself, but I really liked the dynamic of those people and how they played off each other and how those people, each with individual skills, work together to accomplish goals in, in their story. Like, this is a bunch of, like... DC, all DC had to do was put together a team of these off, off-brand heroes that can do individual things and have them go on a mission that's just a targeted mission. Like, hey, you guys, if you come work for us, we'll give you time off your sentences if you help us out. You didn't need to create this big, stupid story. And, like, I can't believe that Carson is not complaining about this beam to f***ing outer space because of all the films that have a giant blue laser, this is the only one that is not even remotely explained in any way whatsoever. This this magic, sure, Ghostbusters. this magic creature is building a quote-unquote machine that will do something. Like, Yeah, it's but it's not a portal. I mean, uh, it's, not, it's not a portal, <laughs> no, I want to hear you defend it's, it's this a, shit. It's a big blue beam, for sure, yeah. I mean, it's they could have okay, done something okay, a lot yeah, better, but... Yeah, I'm not even going to call a spoiler warning, because... There is no way in hell you can explain to me what the beam does. There, it's she, meant to remove eyebrow she, hair. She, <laughs> I mean, I don't know exactly what it does other than she's trying to she's trying to wipe out the world. They had that they had those shots at the end where she's like wiping out ships and landmarks yeah, it, and shit. It, but what does the beam itself do besides be a laser that can blow up a ship? Who fucking cares? Nothing. I fucking care. The, anybody watching the movie should care because the character spends an hour dancing in front of this blue laser doing what? Fuck all. There's like there's nothing she's she doing. She was trying to get she was trying to power it up, dude. It takes a while. You could take over the world with her, a big blue beam. Those are the, her her you can't just you can't just boot that up right away. Her par- her partner in crime, his literal ability is to power things. <laughs> like I mean, I don't feel like I need to justify the non-existent plot in this this unrealistic movie. Like, I, I just don't think that it's it needs to be there. Although I will say that, uh, yes, I think these superhero movies need to come up with a a threat that's not you know the the sky beam slash portal. But I did like that it was not 
an actual portal and there were creatures being summoned through it to 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 fight the the heroes or whatever i mean at least that there was at least that plan makes sense right like oh we are here like it's the same plot of the warcraft movie right like we're gonna build a portal to bring our army forth onto this location so that we can do this thing like like at least in well i think i think in this it was the, the army was that they were just they were just all of the people they were consuming them and they turned into those like putty goons or whatever uh the you know the pus people um it wasn't it wasn't like we're gonna bring our friends from the other dimension it was just like we're gonna take over the world because we got this big power and then we'll convert everybody into into goo men or whatever i mean who cares why am i explaining this like i yes i agree somebody needs to explain it i I don't think it needs to be explained because i although i do agree yes that they need to come up with a better threat than just sky beam and or portal um but in this instance, I feel like the fact that it was there was just like, and they didn't even bother to explain it, was just, was totally fine. I was like, uh, who cares? I don't care why it's there. I don't care why it, but I don't care why it's there. I don't care. I don't care why it's there in the Avengers either, but they took so much time to explain it there. It's like, I don't fucking care. Show me the, show me the <laughs> Avengers fighting. Like, I don't give a shit. Show me Will Smith doing a hero shot, shooting a bunch of faceless goons. Like, that's what I want to see. I mean, you weren't hyped when you saw that shot where he's like on the cars, like, boop, 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 boop. like you weren't you weren't taken back to when you were like 12 watching movies like, uh, you know, Men in Black or something like that was that was total like that was total summer fun right there, man. Okay, well, here, here's another thing, plot-wise, and this one you cannot defend it because this is just stupid. So you have, you know, you have Viola Davis saying, like, hey, we're going to do this, and the other government guy's like, we could never do this. This would be, like, against blah, 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 blah. And she's like, don't worry. We're going to do this totally covertly. Nobody can, nobody can connect it to the government. We have total plausible deniability, right? That's her plan. The problem is Flagman, he has motherfucking... American flag on his hat, as well as every other soldier in his crew. So we are doing this mission touting that we are America with this team, but we're supposed to have plausible deniability? Well, to be fair, they did evacuate the city, so no one saw them. So Did they evacuate the city? They did! Where were you? That actually (laughs) happened, the fact that I'm still defending the plot. But, I mean, they, they did evacuate the city, which was why it was empty. I don't know if you noticed or if you're... Just too enraged by the non-existent plot, but uh, when, yes, when, the city was, when was evacuated. There even a scene where somebody said, "Evacuate the city." Dude, Stephen, back me up. Wasn't there a scene where the people were getting evacuated? I know for sure that there was. There, that's I, why. I, that's I, why literally no one is in the city. I, I do believe they were evacuated because this threat was going on for like a solid. 24 hours yeah uh, but i don't remember a scene where they get evacuated i don't think they full-on showed them <laughs> but i there Speaking there was of evacuation there was a, there was like out of that statement right now no there was like a news clip or something i mean i'm not even saying they didn't full-on show people like packing up and leaving i said that they there was like a news uh clip or something that said you know midland city is being evacuated because of the sky beam or whatever that's totally why. I mean, why else would the city be empty? Uh, well, that thing did f- up a lot of people who are in the small vicinity well, of where yeah, they're actually th- going to. Those were the people who got f- 
fucked up when the guy was in the subway and whatnot. I mean, obviously some people got affected, but then after that happened and then the, the sky beam, you know, powered up, that's when they were like, get everybody out. And then we're sending in the suicide squad. And clearly if they would have evacuated the entire city, there wouldn't be enough pus monsters left to, to grab other people to turn into more pus monsters. Well, those are the ones that were already there from when the the brother turned them, dude. Like, why does it matter, though? I think the beauty of this movie is the fact that... There's no beauty in this movie. Okay. Well, uh, but I I think that the the beauty of it is that, that it foregoes all this, you know, the silliness of trying to come up with a plot that is, you know, not... is inconsequential to the movie. I mean... I, I like the fact that this movie basically only has a third act. Like the the first almost hour of the movie is almost just like a an extended cold open, you know, with all of the uh, the intros and stuff. And then they just jump right into them getting uh, taken into the city and 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 trying to you know defeat everything like that. I I was actually kind of surprised when they you know. They were getting airlifted in. I was like, oh, shit, we're already, like, at the, the city now? Like, it, it seems like it's only been, like, 45 minutes. But then I was like, oh, okay, I see what they're doing here. Like, they, they literally just cut all that out because it's like, why wait around? We want to see them, you know, fighting people and stuff. Like, that's what we came here to see. I mean, this movie this movie moves really quickly. I think that, uh, you know, it, it has a... A really tight pace and and it doesn't it doesn't mess around i mean like like i said the tone has got that like it's got that flocka inducing tone man where it just feels like you've been running for 24 hours straight up in See, miami that, beach somewhere <laughs> and now you're gonna go hang out with alien in his you know crazy joker yacht or something but see that, that, that's the problem though is that this movie has a quick pace it's moving fast, but it's not going anywhere. Like it, it's just a film of useless scene after useless scene. Which brings me to the biggest crime about this film is Joker. Like you guys have sp- spoken positively about the portrayal of this Joker, and I'm not even going to complain about the portrayal of Joker. I think that Joker himself, I think he should have not existed on screen until the last possible moment that he was important to events that for some reason are even in this in the first place. Like, I think that if this was a story about you have one thing happening over here and you have characters making references to Mr. J, you have Harley Quinn's cell phone and, and we, the audience and some of the characters know that the Joker exists in this world and that he's coming for Harley. And then suddenly he makes a grand entrance that would have made such an incredibly stronger portrayal of you build up the fact that characters know about Joker, that characters are scared of Joker, that the whole world fears Joker and that Harley wants to get back to Joker and that she's in contact with Joker. And you build the suspense of his arrival. And once he shows up, then you get your your moments of craziness. But showing scenes of him the entire movie going like, ah, where is he? Like. Like it, it, it's so useless to anything in this film. Like, just make your goddamn Joker movie. Like, why are you even bothering including him in this other than to set him up to be possibly the bad guy of a future movie? Like, it, it, it was all. I, I mean, I don't know, but can can you imagine this movie without him? I feel yeah. like him. No, no, I'm him not cutting in and out was the best part about this movie. <laughs> yeah, but 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 that's why it's so shitty. Like, he's completely inconsequential to 
any of these characters except for Harley Quinn and cutting back and forth to him just interrupts the already frenetic, like, and not in a good way, pace and tone of the film. Like, cutting all these scenes, like, like the scene where, like, the, the common scene, like, that makes no sense. The scene with the vat of acid makes no sense. These backstories to where, like, you know, before Harley Quinn was Harley Quinn, like, all these... Yeah, but those are, those are all flashbacks to to get you kind of cued in on Harley Quinn, mostly, their relationship. But they don't explain anything. They just add more questions than anything. And they're not really that interesting. Like, they're not coherent. And I know that the Joker isn't a coherent man, but it just seems like such a waste. Like, if you worked and built tension towards his arrival, then him showing up would actually mean something instead of being like, yeah, the entire time we've been watching this for two goddamn hours, he's been saying, I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up. And it's, it's not, it's not. I, if they did that, that would have been really lame. Like if they just saved him for the end, I don't think that would have worked. I think that the, at least for me, that that would not have worked at all. I don't, I would have been disappointed for sure. You would have been disappointed because you would want to see more of Joker, but it would have worked narratively much stronger. I don't, I don't think so. So but. I, I, I can't argue with the narrative point. I just am trying to imagine this movie with that structure. And I think the problem is you, you were seeing this movie as a self-contained thing that is like, let's introduce these characters and then resolve something. And I see this movie as like, an opening shot for, hey, this is going to be the tone of DC villains. Like, this is yeah. what the underworld is going to look like. Yeah. And that's why it is, like, just a big collage of flashbacks and present-day fights. And, like, honestly, I don't think the present-day stuff is all that interesting. Like, I, I liked them fighting. It was fun. But I more just liked the idea of being introduced to these characters one by one and then watching the the universe that they're going to inhabit. And... With that in mind, as the the movie has like a sequence of uh, trading cards that are being thrown onto the screen, I think the recurring flashbacks of the Joker and the looming threat of him and him finally showing up, I, I think that worked for this movie for the kind of like pop art collage of mayhem that the movie tried to be. But, but And I, I think it could have been more mayhem. Like I'm definitely not giving this movie like two thumbs up on the editing or pace department. I, th- I think it nailed the tone well enough that I'm okay with the lack of plot or pace because I'm I'm too excited about what DC can do in the future now that I know that they are willing to completely break the mold but, and have this kind of more bright, insane view of of the superhero universe. But what what I can't get behind though with what you're saying is that like. This wasn't a tale of a bunch of villains. This was a tale of a bunch of random bad guys who will never be the opposition to Batman. Dude, like, these are these maybe. are major comic book villains, dude. They're they're major comic book bad guys, but these the way these characters are depicted, they will never be the big bad in any movie. God, I, I wish we had more listeners because you would get so much shit for saying that. No, no, I, I'm, I, I don't, I don't care. People can give me all the shit they want. Factually, based on the presentation of any character in this film, with the exception of the Joker, none of them could possibly be a bad, a, a big bad in the way they were presented on this film. By big bad, you mean like the criminal mastermind? 
Yeah, yeah like, like what? They, they, just like, as the yeah, I mean, I see them more as henchmen than masterminds. Like in, one of in them the way they're fight, portrayed in the movie. One of them fights Batman in a flashback and loses. No, one of them steps down because his daughter. Yeah, he, doesn't he, want he, him to shoot. He Batman at at that point where his daughter jumped in front, which, by the way, we've seen him take bullets in his, like, crazy suit in Batman v Superman. So I'm pretty sure his one dead shot... Like, he wasn't trying to dodge... Like, Batman literally was standing there like, oh, I don't want to do this in front of your daughter. And he had, like, already kicked out his knee. Like, so he was already downed. And what Deadshot was just going to shoot him with the one super magic gun that he has on him that can penetrate. Like, I, I... that fight to me was clearly it was not depicted in a way where I thought that Deadshot would ever have a chance. Why else would um you know the intent enchantress enchantress have to <laughs> do what she does later on in the film if he totally had that fight in the alleyway? So you don't even think that Harley Quinn is a villain worthy of her own movie that could be a foe against Batman? She can, she can, she could carry her own movie as a Harley Quinn movie. Her one-on-one versus the Batman, I just don't see it. Okay, but I'm just saying that like this, these characters have obviously been established as major foes to Batman in the DC world. In the way they're presented in this film. Yeah, okay. I would never buy it. Okay, well. Like, do you think Captain Boomerang would ever take on Batman? Yes! Really? I think they could all take on Batman. Like you, even even pretending like his boomerang is pretty cool, you you realize that the Batwing is the same thing. If anything, they're perfectly matched, minus the fact that I Batman mean, also has. Well, other but I cool feel characters. like all of these characters they exist in in Gotham, where it is a gang with yeah. henchmen. Like I don't see it as a Marvel type of two mega forces they're meeting not, in the sky and battling it out. Yeah, they're not like some mega villain. They're just like, it's like, like the criminals. Penguin. Like, like what portrayal of the Penguin has ever had him be a mega big bad who you think like in a display of force could take Batman? Like I feel like that isn't the vibe that these characters Yeah, because even in Batman Returns, the Penguin, I mean the Penguin, if you look at him, doesn't seem like he would be a major foe but he is because he's such a he's basically like a mobster you know they, that's what these that's what I, essentially the characters are they're more like thugs and shit than than like you know uh, loki or somebody who's a god you know like they're these they're these larger than life people and villains that are they're more occupy the the marvel landscape but uh, I, I just wanted to say that uh, I agree with Stephen about the Joker. I think, you know, the, the look of Joker and the use of Joker uh, was well done. I mean, I like that that he wasn't uh, that he was used sparingly, that he kind of pops up in these flashbacks and stuff, um, kind of like how Batman pops up, uh, you know, from time to time in the movie. Like it, it just kind of felt very comic booky, like, you know, where the characters kind of all cross paths at some point. And, um, you know, that, that whole like opening, you know, all of the intros and stuff that also feels like very comic booky in a way, you know, where you're just like, you're flipping through and going through a comic book and seeing like the, the different introductions to these characters and stuff. Um, but I mean, Chris, you didn't even like the scene where, you, you know, we got, we got our boy common, uh, in a in a hilarious cameo with the Joker. No, because I don't know what the fuck is happening in that scene. 
He comes in, he's like, yo, that's a crazy bitch. And he's like, oh, she's all yours. You can have her. <laughs> and then he shoots him. I mean, but, but that's the, I mean, I don't know tell why. Me, tell me what's happening. We ain't got no beef. Who cares? Who cares what? Why it's happening? It's obviously establishing the fact that that you know this is Joker's a ri- crazy because we didn't have that established already. I mean, what do you want? Like that? Like what? What? What kind of scene would you uh, visualize in the, in that moment in that in that point of time instead well, of I wouldn't instead have of that scene? But but if I really want to show crazy well, then, then, scenes, then, with then Joker, the movie would be very boring because you're 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 putting the movie in a box when this movie isn't in the box. And I think that's you know obviously you, what's in the box. I, <laughs> I could I could edit this film down to remove all the presences of Joker and only keep scenes like flashes to the cell phone where she, ha- she has a message from Jay and guards handing her the cell phone saying, Hey, no, I know tell Mr. Jay that I helped you out. All these things where characters are alluding to something coming and then have the big reveal where we finally get to see him in the context of these characters. And then it would be a much stronger film. I, I, I know, I know, but I'm just saying that these scenes I think is what make this movie like that gives you it gets you into the trashy vibe of this movie and i don't know if steven agrees with that but he obviously enjoyed the joker stuff but uh like this this movie has like that kind of vibe that's what i think puts it you know breaks the mold from these other superhero movies is that it feels very just like ski like like florida like you know spring break like i said yeah. uh, like a chappy or a, a jody hill project like it has that nature um and it's and it's kind of colorful and um there's a lot of just very odd characters you know um and and i think that you know that is why those scenes really work and why this movie really works. I mean, I think that David Ayer's style has always been kind of that way, but he's kind of put it in a more dramatic form. Um, like, I mean, essentially sabotage is, is, it has a lot of commonalities with suicide squad. Um, but, but, you know, that movie is just, it's trying to be very grim. You know, I feel like that, that this really, uh, his, this style of his really fits this comic book world. You know, it's very preposterous. Well, here, here, I'll I'll give you this. This is my, this is my elevator pitch for a better Suicide Squad film. And this is, this is without knowing anything about Suicide Squad. The Joker is the big bad. The team is assembled to take on the Joker. And then the big confrontation is the Joker taking Harley Quinn with him and anybody who wants to join him and the government. Like that, there you go, right there. Uh, I disagree because I think that the the fact that the Joker is not the main villain in this movie is better because we've already seen the Joker as the villain in two other movies, the main villain. But it doesn't matter because that would be a film of him doing a bunch of things and this squad who's been assembled to fight for good, but they're so bad, having to make decisions on their own of which of them will side with the bad guy Joker and the good side, the government. Mr. Flagg. I, I, I think that the, the use of Joker as the main villain has been overdone. Then remove him from the film at all. But they need him in the movie because he's essential to Harley Quinn stuff. But he's not needed for the, the he's not needed for the Suicide Squad to work as a film. No, he's but only I mean, there because the Suicide Squad isn't strong enough to carry a movie. He's a nice addition though because he is of this world and he is he is in Harley Quinn's story you know and obviously that uh they wanted to include him because he is that iconic iconic character 
basically what they did is they wanted to make a film that bridged to Justice League. So they took the cheapest characters they could use to actually put together a film, realized it couldn't be carried by those characters alone, and then tried to shove in like cameo appearances and the Joker and put Batman into it too, just to make it so that way this film had more going for it than what little it has going for it. I mean, I think you're confusing cameo appearances with the fact that like that's how it would be in a comic book. That Batman would pop up for like five minutes and then I'm talking about disappear. Uh, the only actual cameo in this film. Okay, the Flash, whatever. I wasn't gonna say his name, but okay, whatever. Well, everyone there. knows what it is, so whatever. <laughs> well, I'm sure there's somebody of the few people okay, who listen okay. to us rant. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> well, what? well, what my the Flash is in this movie. I'm totally my girlfriend now. and my brother have seen the, last the movie. movie, but no. well, my girlfriend and my brother have seen the movie, so the listeners know. So it's okay. <laughs> Hey, we got two other people at least. Okay. Well, David saw the movie too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I just think that, that that these suggestions are putting this movie back in the box. You can't. I I just think they're they're too basic, dude. I, it, it, and then it that's doesn't fu- matter how basic, but you that's go. fine you have because a more that's cohesive film. It's better. That's fine though because that is that is like what you respond to. That's okay, but that's I think that that movie. That's like that would be like marvelizing the movie, you know, putting it in this like bland core line. I think the fact that I this don't get mo- how this is not bland core though. It's like barely <laughs> even a story. I, the the fact that you don't get that it's bland core is why you don't get it. I think that you either get it or you <laughs> don't, dude. Carson just called you bland core, dude. I I, did you not hear my review? Like, do, do you? I mean, obviously, you don't see the the new metal vibes of this movie of the the two thousands vibe that this movie clearly has. I mean, if you don't get that, I don't think you understand why this movie is not a bland core movie. Uh, I mean, the, the, this movie is like pain and gain. If pain and gain wasn't, but good. pain and gain's not a bland core movie, dude. That's a cocaine movie, I'm which you that didn't this like. Film- is, is somebody because you're a to- basic bro that's why i'm getting jeff canada level now because i'm getting angry <laughs> i'm gonna have to go and do some ben affleck crossfits to work out my coke sweats but anyway <laughs> that the fact that this movie is not blandcore because it has a distinct visual style that is not like the marvel movies blandcore i don't know how many times i have to explain it but i i guess i'll ex- <laughs> well, one more apparently. i guess i'll explain it again because you can't remember it's the these these f***ing movies that have these very sanitized looks and feel to them and they they're they're very processed and they feel like they're coming off the assembly line it's like jungle book it's like the marvel movies the the russo brothers style that's what it is dude i mean the the fact that batman versus superman and suicide squad have established that hey we're going to make our superhero universe the complete opposite of Marvel. It might not be four quadrant movies like Marvel movies are. So, but you know, and that's, and that's why I think it's turning a lot of people off is that like these movies aren't made for everyone. And, and I think that there's a problem with your statement is that it is an absolute fact that after the trailer came out where the trailer was made purposefully edited to be more Marvel, like they went back and started doing reshoots and re-edited the whole movie. Like, well, they, to to say that this movie is not blandcore just because it doesn't execute correctly on the Marvel formula, it doesn't save it from being blandcore. Like this is a f-ing shitty movie. I, I, so I I, 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 I can't ex- I that can't the explain it. Was seen as being more Marvel. That that wasn't my feeling of the trailer and the re-editing. 
I, I felt like, uh, unless by Marvel you mean like Guardians or something, which I would say is not the typical Marvel look and feel. Um, like, I don't, to me, nothing about this movie. Look, I think when Carson talks about Blancor, you need to think like Captain America Winter Soldier. Like, yeah, it or looks Civil like people Bro. in the world in broad daylight there's, walking around and going to UN meetings and fighting on trucks and stuff. There's no, like, visual distinction. Like, I, I mean, don't you see a visual distinction when you look at Batman vs. Superman and Civil Bro side by side? Like, there's obviously... Yeah, one looks like a Zack Snyder film. Yeah, exactly, because he has a vision. That's what <laughs> I'm saying. This movie doesn't look like a Zack Snyder film. That's because, and again, I was cut off, but I was getting to the point where I was saying that DC and Warner Brothers are are obviously taking the strides to hire filmmakers that have visions and putting their stamp on it. Now, like I said in the beginning, I don't know how much, you know, there's all the rumors and shit yeah, like obviously they came to a compromise to do a more fun version versus David Ayer's dark, darker version. But I mean, regardless of that, this is what the movie is. And David Ayer says he signs off on it. So I mean, but it has a stamp on it completely. Like it's his style is in this movie and the, the style is there. Like, I, and I, you know, the fact that they're hiring people like Patty Jenkins to do Wonder Woman and the guy who did dope to do the Flash movie, like these are people who obviously have a vision other than just we hire a director and you have to execute our vision, which is what Marvel kind of gets flack for is because they're trying to do that whole cohesive unit and they're not really hiring people for their vision. They're hiring just because like, oh, hey, like you can do what we tell you kind of thing. So that's what I'm saying is that like, it, it's not bland core. I mean, this movie is far from bland core, man. Like, I mean this, it, the fact that it's so trashy is unbelievable. Like I'm surprised Warner brothers, even in this state was just like, okay, we'll sign off on this. Like, I mean, this is a not, I mean, like I said in the review in, in, in you know, my opening statement, like this is, this is definitely a movie that's, that's not for everyone. Clearly. Like, I mean, they are not trying to cater to the masses at all. Like, I mean, I think that it's very much, uh, you know, it's almost like it's almost like an indie movie on a big budget scale. The way that it's presented and everything, I mean, it, it's it's kind of it's just fascinating to me that and, and I'm glad and appreciative that they allowed, you know, they allowed it to be like this. I mean, I think that's a good thing. Anyway, also, I, I just wanted to bring up there was a Stephen mentioned something about uh, Deadshot's daughter. Um, I, I just think that the fact that Will Smith is so charming, like, I, I don't know, I like, think that 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 just comes off. I don't like that scenes with his daughter and stuff. I, I think you said something about, you know, uh, I don't I don't even remember now. But uh, anyway, like they, they they were trying to purposely, you know, humanize him because he had the daughter and stuff. But uh I don't know well, that, like, that, that I I I like Deadshot. If as long, if he shaved the beard and lost the stupid ass mask, I would watch I would watch a Deadshot movie. Like I don't have a problem with that character in a world where that character got to do what that character's supposed to do. I just don't think that besides standing on top of a car and shooting way more bullets than he could possibly carry on his body, I don't see like he couldn't fight the big bad, right? His his only I, job I mean, is to shoot the little guys. 
But, yeah, but so I here's mean, well, that's what, what, I, they what had, I don't. That's what they had the other guy for, or whatever. <laughs> that's what they had. What, the what I don't understand is like what what in your mind in like let's take the Nolan verse. Like, what are the intrinsic properties of Heath Ledger's Joker that make him be a big bad by that definition, by the definition of like physical prowess or technical skill? I mean. <laughs> let alone just him setting up scenarios and where Batman has to choose between like who is going to die in this scenario. Like he, he is a mastermind who works on a level that bat like he's, he outsmarts Batman and puts Batman in scenarios where, yeah, if Joker and Batman were fist fighting, Batman would win, but the Joker has the psychological advantage in a way that no character in any of like this film or any of the way that any film branching off from this could could facilitate like the even if you compare Lex Luthor's character in Batman v Superman compared to the Joker in in The Dark Knight like it's night and day one genius mastermind who puts together um, scenarios that really screw the Batman up like the characters in this film don't come anywhere near that sort of thing. And, and I mean, obviously, I mean, th- those are extreme apples and oranges. And, and obviously the Nolan movies are, are trying to go for that realistic style and they're actually working. But I mean, this I mean, this movie has no realism whatsoever. I don't think they even had any, you know, thought like, oh, yeah, like uh, these are taking place. You know, this these situations and characters are in the wor- real world, you know. Um, I mean, that's why that's why I uh, again, why I'm kind of more of a fan of the DC stuff is because at least, you know, so far is that they don't have that, you know, um, you know, like the the whole civil bro thing where they're trying to, you know, take place in the real world and these superheroes have real life consequences. I mean, they were trying to do some of that in Batman versus Superman, but I mean, that whole movie was just so absurdly over the top and and but this silly. is the same world as batman v superman right that's what i'm saying well, well so i think what's interesting everything about is DC everything is, is preposterous what's interesting about dc is the world gets to be very dissonant right like you have a world where superman and frank miller's batman and wonder woman can all exist right like this is a this is a world where every movie gets to be completely different <laughs> from the other one. But not anymore. Like, this film... I mean, Batman v Superman already connected all those, and this one continues to connect it. Like, you can't make that statement anymore. Like, at, at a time, you could. Like, all of the... Do, do you think this feels like Batman v Superman? It is directly connected to it. I feel like the feel is completely different, though. It doesn't matter yeah. what the feel is. The universe, it's it's like canon that it's the same oh, exact right. universe. I, I'm talking about the look and feel of each movie gets to be completely different because yeah, they yeah. are so dissonant in what they try to do. And part of it is because it's able to be preposterous. And even if the characters relate to each other, that doesn't mean like the scale of one has to directly influence the scale of another one. But it should like, <laughs> like you, you, you can say that that's the definition of Blancor, but when you look at the Marvel cinematic universe, like, when you watch all the films, they feel like it is a cinematic universe. They don't feel like a bunch of individual films that have nothing to do with each other, but then sure, have characters e- reference Except for the best ones, right? Like, right. do you think Guardians and Deadpool feel like a cinematic universe that is 
part of Marvel. Well, I feel like <laughs> Deadpool, I feel like not really. Deadpool's technically the exception <laughs> yeah. because yeah, that yeah, one okay, sort sure. of they loop, yeah, yeah, yeah. loophole their way in. It's yeah. um, <laughs> Marvel non not proper Marvel or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 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 It it doesn't technically belong in the MCU. But mm-hmm. but I mean obviously Guardians has uh you know there are exceptions to the Marvel universe. I'm not saying that they're all like that. Obviously Guardians of the Galaxy has um while the vision of it does fit in line or is is more out there than the others it's it still fits in with the puzzle but i think obviously and, and, and pe- also did, steven did you not watch all the thor films i, I didn't know okay I didn't yeah watch so the one. so if if the thor films didn't exist i would say yes guardian stands out as not possibly filling but thor has already bridged the gap to the galactic stuff um so it it feels right at home if you've seen the thor films I mean, they all they I mean, obviously, those those movies stand out. And I think that's why I respond to the the Thor movies and and Guardians more because they are just more goofy. They're goofier and and have, you know, uh, a lot more silly and fun vibe than just, you know, the oh, the U.N. got bombed and like, I mean, I just I'm not down with that. I just think that obviously there is a little more to offer there, but they still the, you know, something like Guardians or Iron Man 3, the 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 filmmaker's vision obviously comes through because, you know, James Gunn and Shane Black are such good writers, um, you know, so that the fact that they kind of all look like they're part of the same puzzle isn't that damning. I think that obviously the the dc universe is definitely going for for style over substance like they are definitely letting uh the filmmakers run wild for sure they're hiring you know like the visual stylist to do what they do and i think that while okay yeah they are in they are connected and within the same universe but i mean putting someone's stamp on it is totally fine like i i would I would, you know, welcome that because at least it's at least it's giving you something where it just doesn't feel like, uh, you know, it doesn't feel episodic. And I think that, you know, that's why uh, it's one of the big reasons why I think the Harry Potter franchise is so good is that each one of those movies has its own stamp on it because the filmmakers that came in, even David Yates, who did like the last four or whatever, changed it up with each movie uh, to give each one its own like unique flavor, but they're all existing in the same universe. And you can, you know, even with Sorcerer's Stone and Deathly Hallows, you're like, okay, I can see how they fit in the same one, but they look completely different. Um, They have their own styles, you know. Let let me pose a hypothetical to you. Um, Or let me ask you a hypothetical question. Uh, I guess I'm doing the same thing. So here's the thing. Do you think... That is, it is a conscious effort to make all the films feel separate, or is it because they haven't been able to establish the DCU, whatever, in a way yet that lets them decide to move in that same path? Like, if you think if Batman v Superman would have been a, like, just raging success and blew away any Marvel movie and this film came out, do you think they would have not continued to let uh, Zack Snyder take take the reins on everything and would have not pushed it in that same direction as what he was doing if if uh, if the path from Man of Steel to Batman v Superman would have just maintained this like exponential growth that made everybody love the DC films? Like I because I, I I would gather that at this point in time, DC 
is trying their darndest to pull something out of their ass to compete with what Marvel is doing. And until they find something that sticks, they're going to be willing to give it to anybody and let them do whatever they can do to do anything that might bring people back into their universe. Uh, well, I mean, I think, unfortunately, there is they do kind of seem to be going that way. I mean, I think that that Warner Brothers is obviously I like that they, you know, they always in, in their movies, they kind of. They always, you know, kind of stand up for the director and they I, I don't know if it was a conscious effort to make, you know, these movies. I mean, I, I feel like maybe there was, you know, a little bit there to stand out from Marvel. Um, I know they, they made that big statement a while back saying like, you know, we're our movies are serious and they're not going to be funny or something. I don't know. It was kind of dumb, but um, <laughs> it was kind of like after I think maybe even before Man of Steel came out, like they were saying that this is how we're going to go, uh, blah, blah, blah. And I do think that if uh, if Batman vs. Superman was 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 better received by the, the fans and the critics, I, I do think that um, they wouldn't have kind of they probably wouldn't have gone into like uh, into crazy mode for for Suicide Squad and and doing whatever they did there. I don't know how it's going to affect the the movies down the line. Um, and you know they put out that Comic Con trailer for Justice League, which was they kind of I don't know if they intentionally did, but you know it, it had a lot more comedy in it. But uh, it still looked very much like a Zack Snyder movie, and and I think that. I mean, really, they shouldn't be listening to all the people on the Internet anyway, because, I mean, the fact that Batman vs. Superman is considered a failure, even though it made like, you know, 872 million worldwide, I guess, because it didn't hit a billion. Um, but I mean, somebody liked that movie, like a lot of people saw it like it. it they couldn't yeah, have a just... lot of that stuff is all pre-sales and shit like that. Like the amount of drops in day two of its run is insane. Yeah, but the movie made. The movie made over 300 million domestic. Like movies don't make that anymore. Like heart they don't a lot of movies don't cross 300 million anymore. Like I mean, they and the fact that it made 872 million worldwide, like that's that's and the fact that Suicide Squad opened to, you know, the the August debut or whatever. It's like I I think that Unfortunately, yes, a lot of a lot of people, you know, that it's that, that these movies have gotten so savage. I think that DC is going to take another uh, look at it to try and shape it because obviously they are they are trying to be like Marvel. There's no question like that, uh, or at least they are now. They're they're seeing, you know, that that uh, the 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 people on the internet are very very upset, um, and unfortunately, it's like they, you know. They shouldn't listen to them because it's it's kind of annoying because it, it really is sort of ruining a good thing because I think that they are, at least it felt like they, you know, they were establishing themselves as the complete opposite of Marvel. And and yeah, I mean, I do think that there are 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 things that uh, that they are putting into motion to try and be more like Marvel. But I mean, it's stupid. It's like trying to be. It's like it's like Samsung Gal Samsung or all these other people <laughs> trying to be like the iPhone. It's like you're never going to be the iPhone. So just be your own thing, you know? Like try not to be, you know, it's like whatever. So, I don't know. It's just it's kind of annoying, but, you know, it's it is what it is, but I'm I'm at least glad that, you know, I I hope that it doesn't change too much. And and I I do stand by the fact that I, you know, that these DC movies have 
you know, they, they look like real movies. They don't look like TV episodes. Like they, they, they have, like I said, they had grit and texture. There's shadows. There's, there's, you know, color to it. It's it, there's just a lot more thought and effort put into it than uh, what you're used to getting from the stuff like the the Captain America sequels, which just feels so boring, you know. I think that's the that's the major thing that that I always keep driving home with these movies is that you know, and, and it's funny because all of these movies. I mean, movies were like this, all the movies were like this back, you know, 15 years ago. Like, you know, people, people went and saw Daredevil. That's just what it was. Like, I don't, I mean. (laughs) That's the best defense of this property ever. But but I mean, like, come on. Like, it just, it's so annoying that like, it honestly does feel like, I mean, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. But like, I mean, don't, do you see where I'm coming from that like this movie has like a very, early 2000s like hot topic new metal vibe like like oh yeah yeah i see that yeah that's what I, okay okay good you see that but i mean <laughs> but but don't you feel like there's a lot of people like, who just repress it was, it, was, it was one hello kitty short of a hot topic but like don't you feel like people like have repressed that time like they look back on it like it's some sort of fucking holocaust or something <laughs> like I will, like i will never admit that i that i know the opening lyrics to voodoo you know like they <laughs> like they, you know, you know, put their fucking human clay CDs in the back of the closet and never bring it back out. Like I, it's it's just funny because the, you hey know, dude, I'm 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 a week away from going to see the Ataris in concert, so don't tell me about bringing back fucking yeah, nineties and two thousands. But the, oh shit, yeah, but the Ataris <laughs> weren't new metal, dude. What? I, I know, but I mean, that's all. Like, it's also a band that, like, every time I've said, like, oh yeah, I'm going to see the Ataris, people are like. Okay, that but band is old. Okay, yeah, but I'm not. I'm not just talking about purely nostalgic because obviously Blink One Eighty Two is coming back, and you know All people right, are. Yeah, so I'm, I'm seeing the Beach Boys to the Breaking just Benjamin to, concert. Just to throw it <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I didn't like Steven said, the, I didn't hear him either. I just said I'm seeing the Beach Boys in a couple weeks. <laughs> just to throw it out there. Whoa, going way back. <laughs> they're they're old metal. Super dad rock. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm just saying that 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 period of time in in music specifically, like I, I just like that like whole angsty teen, like, and you got it in the movies, like with Daredevil and Triple X, and you know all the Dark Castle horror movies, and like that's where like torture porn was born, like, like it was you know like that it was just simpler times, you know, back when nobody cared about being cool, and I, I think like now, like when you get a like very like uncool, unserious movie that feels like that time period, like people just reject it so hard. Like, I don't, I guess it's just like the way it is now, but I, to me, it's not fun. Like, although it is fun hearing people blow their minds over it. And it'll be, it'll be hilarious to see when the new triple X movie comes out. Cause it'll just be like, Oh, <laughs> this is so women are, uh, 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 uh. it's like, Oh gosh. Anyway, but yeah. They did show the trailer for Triple X before, <laughs> before the movie. I mean, it's like, can't, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, can't we just sit down and enjoy a fucking movie where Vin Diesel skis through a jungle? Like, that's what I'm saying with suicides. <laughs> like, can't we just sit down and enjoy Cholo Joker and these crazy people and just have like a blast watching a trashy supervillain movie? 
Like that's I all. I've got friends. That's all. I got that's enemies all. <laughs> because they're all villains. That's all I ask for in life is just movies like this, so I don't have to kill myself on Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> Do you have any last thoughts, Stephen? Uh, I want to make sure that Carson doesn't burst into flames and kill everyone in his apartment complex. And I need to count all this money that Marvel paid me to talk about how bad this movie oh, yeah. was. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I'll just save it for the verdict. Okay. I think, I, I think we've exhausted our opinions pretty well. Hold on a second while I listen to some Papa Roach. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not afraid to admit. <laughs> I got that in my well, iTunes right now. <laughs> I do too. It came straight from Napster. Uh, <laughs> um, but anyways, let's go ahead and get on to the verdicts. Carson, uh, must see? <laughs> I come 100% must see. This is the loudest store in the mall. Hobbs. <laughs> uh I do miss a place where you could get your Hello Kitty, your uh, uh, Newfound Glory, and your uh, Where's Waldo stuff all in the same place. Dude, you still can. Hot Topic is still exists. Does it? Surprisingly, Hot Topic and Spencer's are still a thing. <laughs> really? Amazing. I feel like Spen- Spencer's is like, it'll never the go away. of stores. <laughs> yeah, Hot Topic still has all like, anytime a Tim Burton movie comes out, they still got all that stuff. And oh, that's right. Every Christmas they got to resell. Yeah, they got to sell all the Nightmare Before Christmas stuff again. I'm sure they got Suicide Squad uh, swag there right now. I'm sure they do, too. I'm sure it's pretty cool. <laughs> All right, Steven. Uh, what, 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 would you, what verdict would you give this film? Uh, so I am doing a classic spoiler warning straddle <laughs> and giving it a uh, somewhere between a rental and a recommend with a caveat. Only I, I would do full on recommend with caveat, except for I feel like my my reaction to this is in part a reaction to the utter negativity I heard going in. So given that I was already not expecting anything like a typical narrative film, I really enjoyed this movie for what it was. Like I had a pretty great time watching it. But I also think like there are versions of this movie that could have been a lot better. I think they could have played up the villainy nature of the characters more and given them all more to do. Um, I'm just, I'm excited for what they do with this universe and with, if not these characters in particular, at least the kind of comic book gritty, trashy (laughs) version of the world that they're putting forward. Uh, So I'll bump into a recommend with a caveat. Why not? Caveat being, like, there's a good chance you're not going to like this movie. <laughs> I, I will but say, I had fun. Go ahead. No, no, that's it. I, I had fun. And I also think, I find it very hypocritical that some of the criticism people are throwing at a, like, ethical level against this movie, I'm talking about, like, the Jeff Kanata response of, like, it's reprehensible, it's instilling bad things, it's oh, making yeah. us root for bad characters. It's poison. Like, I feel I feel like there's no reason that gets to apply to this movie and not apply to something like Deadpool, which I would say also had like a fairly forgettable arc. I think it was a lot tighter than this. I think the jokes were stronger, but I definitely do not think it gleaned its pathos from like some good virtuous thing. Like it was funny that this guy was trashy and he was shooting people and he was being, you know, 
kind of villainous, but being used for good. So yeah, I, I, I don't buy all the criticism of this on any kind of like moral grounds. Like, I, I think, I think the moral this movie knows just, exactly how fun and dumb that it is. Yeah, I think I think the moral level is just like the 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 hours of time wasted watching this goddamn movie. <laughs> I, I will say my my the most positive thing I can say about this film is an almost negative. So in the film, minor minor spoilers. There's some point in the film where all of our villains say like, "It, we're not gonna help anybody or do any of this bullshit. We'd rather sit in the bar and drink." And then they, of course, because it's a movie and they have to decide to go out and fight. Um, But when they go out and decide to fight, they all walk in formation and it's playing this like heroic climax music. And I'm like, motherfucker, if you end the movie right now, I will straight up murder everyone in this theater. Like I thought (laughs) (laughs) I thought that there was a chance that the movie was going to end with them just walking towards the camera. And I was like, oh, dear God, don't roll credits. Don't roll credits. Don't roll credits. And then they didn't, of course. And I was like, oh. Jesus Look, if you were going to murder all the people in that theater, you got to own that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I seriously would have just burst into flames and just barbecued everyone there. <laughs> I mean, but they, the, but the, we didn't, but of course we needed to see the, uh, the epic showdown between Diablo and uh, Witch Brother, uh, which I thought was very entertaining. It's on, bitch. It was kind of like this episode where it was just like, oh shit, lots you of rage. See what I could do? You want to see what I could do? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I I really like that bar scene. I mean, I thought that like there's again I I forgot to mention there's a lot of like really good dark dark humor in the in the movie and and look I'm I, I like when he's crying about burning his whole family. That, I, that, was, that was pretty funny. I did laugh at that actually. Um, you were the worst person. Um, now I know why you like this movie so much, Carson. I mean, but look, it's like it, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of terrible things in it, but it's like I'm not condoning these things. Like I'm. It's it's kind of it's, it's right. you, you already said your piece. You're no, right. no, I'm just saying it's like a, it's like watching a Tarantino movie and seeing someone get their head blown off and laughing at it. It's like it's it's like cathartic. Like you're living vicariously almost. You know, it's, if it's done correctly. You know, I, I'm just saying like a, you know anyway. Almost, and I know. <laughs> For me, though, this is a must avoid. So, <laughs> and that, and, and that's all. That's all I'll say. I think I've I think I've ranted enough. I mean, but you do see how that 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 people could enjoy this movie. I mean, I think it's prime for like teenagers. It's like the most teen movie like that's come out in a while. I I, I would I would try to agree with you, but I'm so bland core I can't tell anymore. <laughs> I mean, I just I definitely think that that there is stuff. I mean, look, it's not a perfect movie, um, but it is. Uh, and and I think that I like Batman vs Superman a little more. But if you're gonna just put on a movie to enjoy, like this is the movie. Like it's just nonstop fun. Like goes goes goes. Like and and I think that like if that's a movie you want to see on a Friday night, like it totally delivers. I mean, this is oh, that's the problem. I saw it on a Sunday morning. Oh. It's what are you doing? It all up. Well, you know, it just any time, but. Uh, I, I think that I think the I think the one biggest negative of this movie is that Warner Brothers did not commission Will Smith and Jared Leto to do the movie's theme song because that is a crime. <laughs> do you know how that would be the biggest song ever? It would be 30 like seconds to Bel Air. <laughs> that would be. I mean, that would that would kill for sure. Like, can you imagine how many people would download that song? Like, damn. I, if this actually came out in 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 like two thousand one, no question would it be 
that would be on the soundtrack definitely stream it on apple music (laughs) that would be Mm -hmm. i mean that was a definite definite missed opportunity but uh yeah yeah what's up with that i mean he can do wild wild west soundtrack but he can't do (laughs) (laughs) he can't do a theme for joker i think he moved on with that time period of his life like everyone else did (laughs) technically when that movie came out it was already a different time period (laughs) (laughs) anyways Carson, if people want to back you up about this film, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me watching. Uh, I don't. You, you can. Uh, you can find me on uh, uh, zanga.com slash with arms wide open <laughs> slash wow wow west. Yeah, wiki wiki wow. <laughs> I got I got that CD too. I pulled that one out, man. <laughs> Steven, where can people find you? Uh, you can find my live journal. Uh, it's called. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Are you six are, feet from the edge and I'm thinking are you on Friendster um, too <laughs> you can find me hanging out at the mall uh, I, I don't know find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller sdavidmiller.com or sitting around playing with action figures which were always exclusively the bad guys because they're way more fun uh, and that yeah. is what David Ayer figured out in this movie he knows what's up well, people can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWing.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning or like us at Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com. You can use the contact form on our site. And let's face it, you're never going to call that number, so I'm not going to read it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> It's actually, it's actually going to expire if we don't use it. <laughs> Google, Google's taking it back. <laughs> just, oh, just like no. the condoms that I sent all of you in preparation for this oh, review. Yeah. Oh, hey-o. Hey-o. Uh, uh, yes, Google informed us that uh, they're claiming eminent domain and they're going to give our... Oh, no, they're gonna, Google. They're, they're going to give our, our, our spoiler warning voicemail number to Slipknot. Hopefully he makes it through uh, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> we'll always have Tom Dot Cruises. I'm never going to give that up. Uh, but yeah, that is the episode. Um, I hope you guys made it through this. Um, but uh, yeah, what's going on next week, guys? Uh, sausage, uh, sausage, sausage party. Yeah, oh, sausage, sausage party. Yeah, sausage party. <laughs> this whole episode I, was a sausage party. <laughs> I already got us two tickets for Alamo Thursday night. Oh, you and me. whoa. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what are we going to see the movie, though? <laughs> what movie? <laughs> hey, yo. All right, well, thank you guys Just, for joining it's me. It's going to be a giant fraught fest instead. <laughs> see you, Chris. <laughs> and thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time. Yeah.